When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN2. Listen to us on all the great ESPN stations across the country. Sirius XM Channel 80 and the ESPN app. And, of course, you can be a part of the Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The ones fans deserve. And the Philly fans got something that they deserved last night, and that is a massive win for the Phillies. Up 2-0 in the series, as heard here on ESPN Radio. A 10-0 win over the Diamondbacks. Small, CC. good morning to you both. Good morning. It feels like we've been here before with the Phillies, right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. We were here before <laughs> with the Phillies last year because yep. they won their first six postseason games, right? They, they were a they were gentleman sweep of the Padres on their way to the World Series. And what happened in the World Series, Pat? Oh. I'm just going to put oh, that out there. I just want to put it out there. I mean, they had 17 home runs through the first six postseason games last year. Same thing this year. Plus 27 run differential in 22. Plus 31 run differential in 23. I'm just saying eerily similar Uh-oh. to what we saw last year. Could this be setting up for the ultimate disappointment for the Phillies fans? Uh, no. That's it. We're just gonna go with a blanket. Just, just, just a blanket. No. Well, CC look, walks you, you, you in to, two minutes into question. the show, and that's what you do. He gets a no. question, CC, no, and you get a bad answer. All right. No, it's not a bad question. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a. It's not a bad question. I'm just asking you, the Phillies fan. Are you waiting for the other shoe to drop? No. You're not waiting for the. So you and, think this year is going to be different? Yeah. Why do you feel more confident this year? Pat? The Phillies lost to the best team in baseball last year. The Phillies are the best team in baseball this year. Ooh. What a great answer. I'll tell you, I am convinced they're going to win the World Series. So am I. And and the reason I'm convinced is a dumb reason. I can't stop watching these videos of this song, Dancing on, on My Own, that they sing. The fans are so into it. I can't stop watching Fletcher Cox do this. He's dancing the Eagles defensive tackle. He's got that like NFL old man coolness to him where he's dancing to it. They just got this vibe around this this Phillies team. I, I, it's... Oh. Uh, I, Come on. No, you go ahead and do the dance. Why are you looking at me to dance when you start dancing? I want to root for them because of this song. Go, Smalls. Why can't you see me? Chewbacca sodas with a lime in the back. I love how he's trying to recruit people so he can sing and dance and have permission, right? He's he's looking at us to give him permission to sing and dance. Exactly. Go ahead and do it. She just got into that. She thought she was in the club on Saturday night just now. But I'm telling you. There, there's a vibe around this team, and this idiot pitcher last night. I'm sorry, I'm going to call him this. Merrill Kelly. Uh, Merrill Kelly. What are you for the Diamondbacks? Listen to what he said post game. Why are you of all the fans in the world? You're going to go at the Philly fans? Oh my God. 
Go back to the Korean series that you were talking about. Obviously, their fans are, they cheer a little bit differently than we do. Um, each offensive player that comes up to the plate, they have their own fight song. Um, so when it was the, the championship series, um, it was about 30,000 people in Seoul. About 15,000 of it at a time would be singing in unison um, for whatever hitter was up. And they don't stop until the next hitter comes up. Um, and then going into the WBC game, um, yeah, I think that I haven't obviously heard this place on the field. Um, but I'd be very surprised if it if it trumped that Venezuela game um, down in Miami. Uh, when Trey hit that grand slam, uh, I mean, I don't think I've ever experienced, uh, at least baseball-wise, I don't think I've ever experienced a atmosphere like that. Um, so I hope that, you know, this isn't louder than that. Okay. Yeah, Merle, I hear all that. But oh what about that ass whooping that they lineup gave oh you last night? <laughs> what, I get it. what about that part, Merle? I mean, like you want to talk about the atmosphere, but what about what the Phillies lineup did to you last night? All the mistakes that Merrill Kelly made on the mound, they made him pay. When you leave fastballs middle, middle in the postseason against good hitting, you know what's going to happen, Smalls. Absolutely. You're going to talk about big slug, and that's what we got last night. Trey Turner got the party started early. Kyle Schwarber followed that up. But to me, the the turning point in that game was the sixth inning. Of course, Kyle Schwarber golfs one out uh, of the ballpark, but I thought the two-out hitting that we saw from the Phillies lineup was outstanding. JT Real Muto got it started. The, then you had Castellano being able to walk, work a walk. Um, you had Bryson Stott come up with another Stott shot. I, I mean, those guys did a great job of being able to pass the baton. They had three two-out hits in the bottom of the sixth inning, and you're talking about two of those for extra bases. So when you can put together that kind of run, when you can put together that kind of offense, you're always going to have a chance to put up a big number in an inning and give yourself a decided advantage in a postseason game. You talk about those balls they left in the zone. The four-seam fastball the past two nights with the Phillies, they, it's like a mukbang over there. They're absolutely feasting on the four-seam fastball. You saw Zach Gallen give Bryce Harper the little birthday treat, left it right in the middle yeah, of the zone. Yeah. They did it again last night. So they hit three home runs off Zach Gallen off the four-seam fastball in game one, and then two times last night off Merrill Kelly, Trey Turner, and Kyle Schwarber, four-seam fastball. So maybe adjust the pitching plan a little bit heading into yeah, that Yeah, might want to change it up a little bit, Merrill. And here's, the, here's a word of advice. Just stop talking. Just stop. That's the thing. Stop talking. He called out the Philly fans. It, and I'm not saying the World Baseball Classic wasn't popping. We know it was. Yeah. No. But, no, but cool, I'm, cool words, right? Yeah, cool words. He's going to use you said that with your whole party. And, I, and I got my Mr. Rogers chic sweater, today. He's got that sweater that's popping. Huh? It is popping. But I, what, of all the fan bases, you're going to say, we'll see if you guys can be as good. No. Oh, my God. What to, are you doing? To be fair to Merrill Kelly, he was saying, I hope it's not like that. At least that's the way I took it. I you're didn't talking think, about Pat Costello's of the world. It was They're not, not going to take it that choice. way. It was not a wise choice because... Philly fans are going to hear what they want, and they're going to take that as motivation, and you're going to see exactly what you – I don't even want to say last night because you've been seeing it from these Phillies fans. It's their calling card to pack the bank and to be as loud as they can. It's a very intimidating environment, and they take pride in doing that. But poor Merrill Kelly, I don't even think – he was responding to a question. I don't think he was trying to be antagonistic and poking the Phillies fans, but that's the way it came off. But here's the thing, though. Less is more in these situations. What what, what benefit do you have by saying another environment was more raucous or louder? (laughs) Or could be. Or could be. be. Why why, why would you even suggest that? That doesn't make any sense. Just leave that alone. Go out there and pitch. They say momentum – 
is the next day starting pitcher in baseball, go out there and be that for the D-backs because it's clear they need something to change the way that this series is trending over the first two games. Philly, just an unbelievable sports town. We just put up the graphic Jerry did on the ESPN2 side. Over 120,000 fans at sporting events in Philadelphia last night. Insane. Unbelievable. And Phillies take a 2 nothing lead in this series. This series is over. I think there's more of an argument that maybe the Astros come back against the Rangers, but the Rangers are up 2 nothing. Mm-hmm. Of course, all the games will be heard right here on ESPN Radio. Now, speaking of calling out Philly, Micah Parsons' Dallas Cowboys does his weekly uh, video show for Bleacher Report. And last night, Micah Parsons coming off of that big win against the um, Chargers on Monday Night Football. Well, now he's kind of a member of the media-ish, but also calling out members of the media. Here's Micah Parsons, The Edge with Micah Parsons. I just don't condone the bashing of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys and have the same energy for the Eagles. We want the same energy for everybody because there's a whole bunch of bashing when it's Dak Prescott, but not the same when it's the Eagles. I got time today. A lot of people said the Browns defense was overhyped. I said the Browns are the real deal. Acho said this, which pissed me off. I'm not worried about the 49ers. They were missing Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. The Browns were missing Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb. They were missing them key factors before the game even started. So why is it that we are just scrubs and we're nobodies that don't deserve to be on the field and we're just all talk? But there's a hundred excuses for these other these other teams. If y'all just want to hate Cowboys Nation, just say y'all hate Cowboys Nation. I'm tired of people trashing my quarterback. I'm tired of people trashing my team. And that's why I had nothing to say to the media this week. Okay, somewhat fair. I just I would say this to Micah Parsons. There's two things that we probably talk about when it comes to the NFL more than anything else. Quarterbacks and the Cowboys. Mm. And Dak Prescott combines those two things. So he becomes the most talked about thing. Yesterday, people can go back on the ESPN app and listen to our podcast. We talked about the quarterback of the Chargers not performing well. Mm -hmm. That's Justin Herbert. We didn't break down the Chargers. We're not sitting Mm -hmm. there doing that. Micah Parsons is the best player, arguably, or maybe not arguably, on a team that is the most polarizing team in the league, and the guy that he's referencing is the quarterback of that team. That is the ultimate ultimate multiplier of interest. That's the ultimate multiplier of interest. Quarterback times Cowboys equals a lot of conversation. Yeah, but here's why we don't give Jalen Hurts the smoke. His team was just in the Super Bowl last Correct. year. Yeah. They were just in the Super Bowl. It was his second full season as a starter. Dak Prescott ain't sniffed that level of the playoffs. Ain't came close. The Cowboys have the fifth longest conference championship game drought, and they're the most visible franchise in the NFL. So that's why we're more critical toward Dak Prescott, because he's the guy that makes the mistakes at the most inopportune times, especially on the playoff stage, that keeps this team from advancing. When we say that this team has the same level of talent that teams like the Eagles, like the 49ers, like the Kansas City Chiefs have. That's why Dak gets all the smoke. Dak been a starter for eight years in this league. He's got the same amount of playoff wins as Jalen Hurts. That's why we're not critical of Jalen Hurts. That's why we look at what happened Sunday at MetLife as an aberration. Because Jalen Hurts, before that, won 11 straight road games. There is a difference. Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback. That's why we're more apt to dismiss when he has terrible games, as opposed to Dak Prescott, and this being a prelude to more of the disappointment that Cowboys fans have become accustomed to. So so I hear where you're coming from, Micah. You want to defend your quarterback. You want to make some waves with your podcast. That's all well and good. But it ain't like we're crazy for being more critical of Dak Prescott than we are with Jalen Hurts, because everybody recognizes that Jalen Hurts is just a better player. 
I understand where Micah Parsons is coming from because we talked about this yesterday and we even made it a point to criticize the Chargers and Justin Herbert because we said a lot of teams don't get the same level of accountability that a team like the Dallas Cowboys does. Mm -hmm. However, if Micah Parsons has an issue with that, he should go speak to his owner. Get an audience with your owner (laughs) because he's the one who has built this into the biggest brand in football and one of the biggest brands in all of sports. And with that level of spotlight – comes a certain level of expectations. Absolutely. And if you can't handle the responsibility of that or live up to that, we are going to react to that because of the standard that your owner has set. He's going on doing weekly radio interviews. He's calling out your quarterback. He's talking about your coach's time management. He's the one that's saying that this is a Super Bowl caliber team. So we're naturally, as media and fans, going to react to that and hold you and your team and your quarterback to the standard that your owner has set forth. Well said. Also, he's doing a show. <laughs> so we're going to react to the stuff where you, what you're saying, right? Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. He's giving, he being uh, Micah, is giving us ammo as well. Justin Herbert, better example of what Micah's talking about than Jalen Hurts. Just a word of advice to Micah Parsons. Yeah. And, and we have a response to that, too. This team doesn't matter. The quarterback position matters all 32 across the board, right? On a daily basis. And the Cowboys matter the most. Coming up. Uh, we can get your calls in on that, by the way, at 888-SAY-ESPN and the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Are we too critical of the Dallas Cowboys? Because Micah Parsons is saying we're too critical of them and not critical of other teams. Plus, plus, does Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the NFL, deserve more credit for the league's success than any single player? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I was waiting on it. I Talk was waiting about on the it. Benjamins, baby. <laughs> what you want to do? E- e- want to be bowling? He did it. He did it right here. Who be different than It is wow. unsportsmanlike wow. on ESPN Radio. I just love that the words coming out of your mouth are in direct opposition to the cardigan on your body. Right? I'm telling you. I am telling Wait a you. Get Mr. Roger Sheik, good or bad? Do we like this? I like it. I complimented yeah. you in the hallway today. But CC, you in on this? Yeah, Mr. It's a, Roger it's a win. Sheik. It's a win. It's okay. pop. It's popping. <laughs> It's popping. Little Cardi B, it's popping. 
<laughs> it is unsportsmanlike. No, no I just messed up my whole show. Presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to get some calls in here coming up. Dr. Pepper, call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN on if we are too critical of the Cowboys, uh, as Micah Parsons is saying, and that we need to deflect some hate or, or use some hate towards Jalen Hurts and others, as he said over the um, over his podcast uh, last night. Daniel Kaplan of, of uh, Kaplan Sports Biz has reported that Roger Goodell has signed a contract extension with the NFL through 2027. Uh, Andrew Brand Sports Illustrated said it'll be bigger than any player contract ever signed, including the top quarterbacks. And the owners, is what Brand said, media, see, media deals worth $110 billion. A, a, a team just sold for $6 billion and an owner-friendly CBA, which cannot make your uh, body and mind and heart feel good, uh, CC, uh, is in place for seven more years, meaning it's one-sided in, fa- in favor of those that don't risk their lives playing a sport. Is Goodell worth this or a commissioner? I don't even have to make it about Goodell. Is a commissioner worth more than a player? If the owners are willing to pay him to do it, yeah. It's, it's what it is. Like The owners are looking at this and saying Goodell is the one that orchestrated these record-setting media rights contracts, and that's all the NFL owners care about is the bottom line, how much money they're going to make. And so I'm not surprised that they would deem what Roger Goodell does as more valuable than what the players do because Roger Goodell is closer to ownership than any of the players are, even the marquee players like the quarterbacks. When it looks at when the owners look at the players, when they look at you know the unique dynamic where the actual employee is the product, I, I think they they side with the mentality of them being the labor force and recognizing that without the infrastructure, this this labor force doesn't necessarily represent a, a value. So I think they view what the players do not as important as what Roger Goodell does. It's almost like the conversation we have around sports with wins above replacement or replacement level value. It's easier for the owners to find players that can go out there and, and you know produce on a football field than it is to find people in this world that can do what Roger Goodell does. And I think that's mm. that's where the owners look at it and say, this is why Roger Goodell is worth a contract paying him $60, $70 million a year. And how do you define what he does? Like when you say what he does, because it's like, uh, you know, I'll bring the off-air on air. Smalls said to me, I'll take that job for $40 million. And well, I said, it, I wouldn't because well, I couldn't well, handle Well, first of all, first of all, what you got to know is this. It's a relationship business. Yeah. So we talk about that when it comes to pretty much every industry, but specifically when it comes to sports entertainment and negotiating these contracts with these television companies that that's the biggest piece of it but the other part is Roger Goodell is the shield for that's, that's the it. owners he, yeah. he he's the one that takes the slings and the arrows for the decisions that are unpopular for the things that happen that embarrass the league you know the different scandals that he's got to stand up and answer questions about the other 31 owners don't have to worry about that because Roger Goodell is the front man. So that's a part of why they pay him what they pay him too. So it's not surprising to me that they deem what he does more valuable than the players because they look at the players as interchangeable, whereas Roger Goodell is somebody that belongs in the country club. He's a part of the good old boys club, and they're more apt to, to compensate him accordingly. So I'm not shocked by this. I think Roger deserves a tremendous amount of credit for the growth of the game mm-hmm. um, and, and maintaining its stature as the most popular team sport in North America. But, but I mean, this is, this is, again, not a surprise that the owners would pay him handsomely for what he's done. It's so funny you say that because in writing my notes, I wrote the NFL is all about the shield and Roger Goodell is the shield. He's the personification of the shield. No doubt. I, as someone who has a very complicated relationship with the NFL – 
uh, my team being ripped away, um, women not necessarily feeling like they are valued by the league all the time in various situations. I look at the NFL as an entity that has succeeded wildly in spite of itself in a lot of different ways. And Roger Goodell is the sponge that absorbs all of the scandals, whether it's, you know, the concussions with players and yep. we we're talking about player safety. Um, you know, it, we have so many things in the headlines. We forget about the kneeling during the anthem and how mm-hmm. divisive and combustible that was. And Roger Goodell is the face of all of this. He's absorbing all of this heat from fans. He's protecting owners from themselves and the scandals that we hear about ownership. And he's somehow turning it into piles of cash. And so that, if you're an owner, is way, way, way more valuable than a player. And I guess if you do the math, Let's just put it at a million and a half per organization. Would you pay a million and a half if you're a billionaire for somebody to be your shield? And I guess the answer is definitely yes. And that's what Goodell is, right? Because if you think about the math, he's probably going to make over $50 million a year with this contract extension. Because he ha- if he's ma- like, it's just, it's crazy to me to think like anyone could be more valuable than Patrick Mahomes. Because if you said to me right now, I have a team, you can get Patrick Mahomes, but you have to give up every draft you have, all seven rounds for the next 10 years, take it. Mm-hmm. Take it. I'll take Mahomes. Like, that's how valuable I think that guy is. But obviously, what you said is, you know, blocking and being the shield for everybody else is important here. 888-SAY-ESPN, Dr. Pepper call in line. Cowboys conversation. Let's hear from you guys on whether or not we are too critical of the Cowboys. Major Hicks in South Carolina, listening on Sirius XM Channel 80. What's up, Major? Good morning, gentlemen. I've been trying to get on the other show for ever since y'all got on air. But let me tell you something. Yes. They talk too much about the Dallas Cowboys. I can't stand them. I think everybody should stop talking about them. Y'all making Jerry Jones real happy because that is one crazy team that don't win nothing. My dad is a Cowboy fan. Him and I don't even talk this time of year. So <laughs> I can't stand their fans. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. I ask a follow-up. You can ask Chris in a second. Hold on. You and your father do not speak during football season because of your – Conflict of interest around the Dallas Cowboys. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes, he's a he's a diehard Cowboy fan, and no, I can't talk to him during this time of year. It's real hard for a brother. So, do you guys get together after the Super Bowl? You sit down and you have a meeting of the minds. I can do it before they that. Got, the they got to work on yeah. the Cowboys. Yeah. They're gonna be around January. for the Super Bowl. Not February. So <laughs> we ain't got that way, okay? Hey, Chris, Yo. do me a favor. Stop beating up Justin. Man, he ain't had no coaching since he walked in the league. That is one crazy team, and that boy is not the reason for that. Stop beating him up, Chris. All right. I, 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 got, I got you, Major. I got you. And here's the thing. I'm not trying to beat up Justin That's Fields. That's Fields, by the way, yeah. No, I'm yeah. not trying to beat up Justin Fields. I think he has the potential to be a good quarterback. I think he's going to be a victim of circumstance, though, yeah. with the Chicago Bears potentially having not one but two top five picks in a quarterback-rich draft. So that that's that. But, I mean, with the Cowboys – the owner makes it a spectacle. I remember my pre-draft visit down in Dallas with the Cowboys, and I walked into Jerry Jones' office, and he said, "Well, Kenny, you know, I know you're a New York City guy. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be in the theater, you might as well be on Broadway. And make no mistake about it, if you're gonna play in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys is the Broadway of the NFL, meaning the biggest show in town. Right. There aren't other owners that have a weekly radio show. Right. So Jerry makes it a spectacle. Jerry makes it a big deal. And when they underachieve." It, it, it creates this dynamic where everybody is polarizing. You either feel strongly about the Cowboys potentially be able to get them next year, or you think it's going to be same old Cowboys. And so I think that's the that's the lens that everybody looks at Dallas through. 
and that's why we always talk about them. Paul in South Carolina on Sirius XM80. Go ahead, Paul. Hey, how you doing, man? I, hey, Dallas Cowboys unfair because of they're, they're they're a good team. They just had circumstances. Yeah, true indeed. The quarterback situation. I respect y'all giving Dak all the the, the smoke. Yes, he's a $40 million quarterback that puts himself in bad situations, and he has not come over the hump. But Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, I mean, Dak Prescott was a fourth-round draft pick as well. I mean, you got to understand that, yes, we overpaid a quarterback that won a few games. But you give him too much credit because he has not reached the potential because you look at him in Mississippi. He wasn't that great. He's just a good quarterback. Well, here's, here's the thing. When you bring up Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy, those guys got more runway for the rest of their careers than Dak. They got more potential to grow as players. I mean, I'm not saying that Dak is a finished product, but, but Dak is in the heart of his prime. You would expect that he would be more of a force, force multiplier. Now, here's the thing I'll say. Monday Night Football, he did his damn job. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott was, was, was really, really good. I'm, I'm going to stop short of saying great. But he was really, really good in that win against the Chargers. He was able to use his legs. He was great on third downs. He was great in the red zone. He targeted CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks, which a lot of people were calling for. So I'm not going to take anything away from that. We just want to see more consistency from Dak before we're going to jump out of the window when it comes to what we think this Cowboys team can be. And we got to keep reiterating. Jerry Jones talks every week. Michael Parsons talks every week. We're an audio-based medium. We react to audio. They're giving us a lot of audio. Coming up, uh, we will get a six-week check-in on some of the teams around the NFL. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are six weeks into the NFL season, which means by my math, that's one-third of the season done? Yes. Okay, good. 18 divided by six. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. There we go. One-third of the season done. So we will do a little six-week check-in. Yes, yes. CC's got questions. We all have answers. Well, I don't even know if it's about questions. We're talking about coaches that are on a hot seat, right? Because why not call for people's jobs after six <laughs> games in a regular season? But this is the time where contenders and pretenders separate themselves and I think it makes for an interesting list of coaches that could be polishing up the resume sooner rather than later. So I'm going to throw out some names of some head coaches, and you guys let me know should they be worried about it or how hot the seat is, okay? So let's start it off in Chicago with head coach Matt Eberflus. Smalls, where are we at with Eberflus? I think it's scorching hot. 
I would Scorching be hot. Wouldn't you be surprised if he survives this season because they're likely going to draft a new quarterback. Yeah. So I would think that if they wanted to make a change, that they would want a new head coach to help bring that quarterback along. No doubt about it. But I guess the question would be when would they make that change? A lot of people are thinking about him potentially being clipped in the middle of the season. And I just don't see that, Evan. Uh, they've never done it. They've never fired a coach in season, yeah. and they're probably not going to this year as a result of that. They, they right. want to have that on their resume. Yeah. I, you, yes, they don't want to have that on their resume, but it can get so bad where they're forced to make a change just to get the fans to powder flesh. You had your defensive coordinator walk away in the middle of the season. It's not great. Now, we don't know why. So It wasn't but, even in the middle. But, it was at the beginning. But, whatever it is, But, but, but it's not, not great. It's not a good reflection on the coaching staff and, ergo, the head coach. All right, keep it pushing. Let's go to Southern California. Brandon Staley with the L.A. Chargers? So when we were doing our week six check-in and we were supposed to assign a coach on the hot seat, Brandon Staley's the first name I wrote down. Did anyone enter the season on a hotter seat than Brandon Staley? No, no. And I don't think that we've it's seen— It's hotter than the sun. It's hotter than the surface of the sun. <laughs> I don't think we've seen any really marked improvement from him. We still have questions about the late-game decisions. The team looks sloppy. They're they're sitting there, what, at two and three right now? Mm-hmm. And every game so far has been a one-score game, so they're not really tipping those things in their favor. This is supposed to be a defensive guy has the defense done anything to really make you say "Mm, yeah wow he's at least got one side of the ball really locked and loaded absolutely not so I think Brandon Staley is definitely the coach that's on the hottest of unless they don't want to pay a buyout or whatever's left of him at the end of the season he's gone I mean come on he's gone there's no way we thought that at the end of last season yeah but you can't have another one of these he's done Absolutely. No, and here's the thing. The coaching decisions make it easy to yeah. fire a guy like Brandon Staley. Like going for it early in the, in, in the red zone or uh, fourth down in, in the beginning of the second half. Like th- those types of mistakes, those, those situations where you pass on points or you, you create opportunities for other people to get back into the games, that they, they just don't make no sense. And, and that's why it's easy to get rid of Brandon Staley. I mean, you're talking about a guy that has nine losses – by three points or fewer. That's the most since he took the job with the L.A. Chargers. All right, next head coach we got on the docket, Josh McDaniels from the Las Vegas Raiders. Smalls, where we at with McDaniels? I think his seat is warm and could get hotter as the season goes on. But the thing about Josh McDaniels is he's like a black cat. This guy has nine lives. It doesn't really matter what he does as a head coach. He continues to get opportunities. So I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to be just good enough this year for him to keep his job. I'm going to go with my inner Micah Parsons and wondering why we're not talking about other people instead of him. Josh McDaniels has won multiple games in a row now. His team is looking better. (laughs) He's got his best player, Max Crosby, coming out loving him publicly. I mean, come on. Leave this guy alone. They're actually winning games right now. He's, he's won multiple games in a row. Be- Two. Be- beating the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. And beating the New England Patriots. Well, what's multiple? Uh, Two I'll, or three? I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Josh McDaniels is in a make-or-break stretch right now. The next three games, he's got the Chicago Bears, the Detroit Lions, both on the road, and then he's got the New York Giants. Him navigating the Jimmy Garoppolo injury and being able to win two of the next three is going to decide whether or not he survives this season. All right, Frank Wright down with the Carolina Panthers. Ev, where we at with Frank Wright? 100%. I think, uh, he's give gone? Up. No, I didn't say that. You asked about hot seat. I think he's on he's the on hot, hot seat. seat. Okay. Right? So I will give unsportsmanlike our show, weekdays 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on ESPN Radio, credit uh, for this. The moment he said what he said about ownership, David Tepper, and he gave the analysis of the owner publicly. We said, okay, that's it. You're on the hot seat. You just put yourself on the hot seat. You didn't need to. You're 0-6. I think being critical of that guy publicly and that guy specifically publicly is a risky move. 
Couldn't agree more, especially when you're intimating that he is the one that is making all of these decisions. <laughs> and guess what other decision he could make to fire you? <laughs> so, yeah, he, and he, he, just he made the most important decision to go with Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. And we see what C.J. is down with the Houston Texans. And Bryce, not so much, although he did look better down in Miami. He made sure that when he stood up in front of that cameras, it felt like a David Tepper decision more so than a Frank Wright decision. To me, that's CYA, that's Frank Wright trying to protect his reputation around the NFL. The only reason that you would be concerned with that is because you think you might be looking for a job at the end of the season. Speaking of looking for a job at the end of the season, Smalls, is Arthur Smith from the Atlanta Falcons going to be looking for a job? I think he I think he probably is right now. Wow. Yeah. You want to talk about we always talk about polishing up the resume. Do you think Arthur Smith just has the word document ready to go? It's already yeah, I think so. He's, He's ready, ready to, go. to hit yeah, fire. Exactly. Hit, ready to hit and because the quarterback situation doesn't feel like it's going to get worked out this season no. in Atlanta. And uh, you know, unfortunately if you don't have a quarterback, usually the head coach is the one that takes the fall for that. I'm going to say gray area on this. I'm okay. not I'm not saying yes, he's on the hot seat because what I don't know is the most important answer and that's to this question. Who chose the quarterback? Did Arthur Smith say, let's go with Desmond Ritter? Or did Arthur Smith say in the offseason, can we please take a run at Lamar Jackson even if we don't get him? Can we try? Is he knocking on the door of management saying, has anyone called Minnesota yet for Kirk Cousins? Have we put? Have we called even Chicago for Justin Fields to change things up here? I don't know whose guy Desmond Ritter is. Mm-hmm. So if he's the one that said, hey, I coach this guy every, every day, he's good enough to be a backup and a part-time starter. He's not a full-time starter. Well, I can't blame Arthur Smith then because that's the problem with Atlanta. And they do have a winning record this year, by the way. Yeah, they have a winning record, but follow that up with two seasons prior that were losing seasons. So I think that's the biggest thing. You're in year three of your tenure. You've got to have something to show for it. You either sell winning or you sell hope. I don't think Arthur Smith is able to sell either based on how this team has played, even though they're at 500 this season. All right, this one's tailor-made for you, Ev. No. Bill Belichick. No. Hot seat or no? No. No. You got to answer the question. I am answering it. No. no. He's not on the hot seat. No, because to me, hot seat indicates owner of team walks in, has a one-on-one with the coach, tells the coach you're no longer employed here, final decision. I don't see it happening that way with Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft. I think there's a much bigger picture conversation. I think if Kraft does not want him back next year, there's maybe some sort of other role within the organization, some sort of something to make it an easier transition. So I'm going to say no, and I still would have him back next year. It's not going to be an easy transition. He's done the job for 24 years. This is going to be awkward. you got to embrace it. This is a part of being a good owner, making tough decisions. He's going to march in and tell Bill Belichick that you can no longer do this job. They can present it as a mutual decision, but it ain't a mutual decision when your team is as bad as the Patriots are, Smalls. So I've been thinking about this a lot because I know your affection for Bill Belichick, Ev, and I know the, that you want him to be able to write his own ending, that Correct. he has deserved the chance to go out on his own terms. And I do think that there's a good uh, – there's a good – I'm sorry. that He's talking to my ear I, as I'm talking to you. I, I couldn't get it out. Um <laughs> I blame do, Nuno. Blame Nuno. I'm sorry. It's very hard when someone's talking in your ear to get your thoughts out. Yeah. But I do think that he does deserve uh, a certain level of respect. But unfortunately, I don't think that everything is going to line up for that to happen, if that makes sense. Like, he's going to want to stay, and the results are not going to be there. And therefore, Robert Kraft is going to have to make a tough decision. Yeah. The interesting flip of the script is what if he doesn't want to stay? 
what if his agent is on the phone with the Chargers or on the phone with another team and he leaves before they leave him? Just throwing that out there as a spin. I hope that doesn't happen. And then I'm I'm in a big pickle. I'm, I'm not going to break up. I'm, you're not going to break up with me. I'm going to break up with That's you. That's right. It doesn't matter if He's the team is one and sixteen or two and fifteen. He's not going to do that. Yeah, stop yourself. Just, I mean, just listen. Saying. I mean, we could all agree the last one on the list. Mike McCarthy on the hot seat, right? Yes, but I think it's getting cooler. You think it's getting shouldn't be, but he is. Should, shouldn't be on the hot seat. Look what he's done so wow. far. His okay. record is very good with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he's on a perpetually warm seat. But, but it's, about not about, it's not about his regular season record being good. It's about being able to get to the championship rounds. Well, nobody with does the with Dallas, the Cowboys. We've established that. I mean, it's not, not for lack of trying. I think they might be trying for another head coach after the season. Coming up, when one guy speaks, we listen. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Lots of sights and sounds around the New York Jets and Aaron Rodgers, their quarterback. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. Well, every single Tuesday... Aaron Rodgers joins Pat McAfee weekdays noon until 3 Eastern time ESPN, ESPN Plus, and of course on the ESPN YouTube. And Aaron Rodgers was throwing before the game on Sunday for the Jets without the crutches. And Rodgers gave his update yesterday on his health and rehab process. Listen, I, I believe in the power of intention. I believe in the power of your mind and, and the will, willpower. Basically, this entire time, I've kind of said this is what I'd like to do rehab-wise. Uh, Neil, you know, my doctor, Neil Atrosh, did a kind of a newer, innovative surgery. You know, I, I asked him if we could push it, if we could push it beyond the normal protocols. Cam Akers had the same surgery. He was able to come back in about five months. Uh, me and JK both had the surgery within a couple of days of each other. And it'll be interesting to see uh, what both of our prognosis is and, and our timetable. But I I've, I've just wanted to do things uh, uh, quicker and smart, but quicker. And, and like I've said, you know, the most important thing is you just don't want to stress the Achilles. Stress, okay. Stretch, not okay. So it's just about being smart with the rehab and pushing it as much as I can and then backing off on the days that it doesn't feel great. That the voice of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, it's amazing. I've never seen a mind heal an injury, but good for him if he can figure that out and how to do that. I, I also think it's unbelievable, guys, the amount that this football team is reliant on that guy on and off the field. They have mm-hmm. made it all about one person. They did it. We saw it in Hard Knocks on HBO. The focus, Robert Sala head coaches, we have him. He's the savior. And literally, they don't seem to be able to operate as a franchise and as a football team without his physical presence there. 
it's unbelievable. Like, they have performed better when he's at the games versus when he's not. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, but the most important thing is Zach Wilson has performed better. And that was the one thing that we talked about with Aaron Rodgers being a part of this franchise. Would he help the coaching staff resurrect Zach's career? Maybe it's not about, you know, 2023 or 2024, but post-Aaron Rodgers, could Zach Wilson – you know, fulfill some of the promise that they saw in him when they took him with the second overall pick in the 2021 draft. That's the question. Now, I'll say this. Ever since Aaron Rodgers got back to Florham Park, uh, that Kansas City Chiefs game, you've got a different version of Zach Wilson. Yep. Over the last three games, he is 15th in passer rating during that span. The first three games that Zach Wilson has played in, he was dead last in passer rating in the league, 32 out of 32. So Aaron Rodgers is is having an impact on what we're seeing from Zach. And because the Jets are getting competent quarterback play, you're now seeing a team that believes that they can go toe-to-toe with anybody in football. Absolutely. I first thought when we heard Aaron Rodgers was trying to push it and that, you know, Robert Salas said he's leaving the door open for him to maybe return at some point this season. My first thought was, how is that going to impact the guy who's finally putting it together in Zach Wilson? Is yeah. that going to make him feel anxious or a certain type of way to think that, oh my gosh, this guy that we expected us to take us to the promised land is right behind my shoulder. He could be coming back. And, you know, Maybe it would compound the feelings that he already has. But to both of your guys' points, I think that having Aaron Rodgers there is such a benefit to Zach Wilson. It's almost, you know, When I go to fall asleep at night, I put a weighted blanket on. And it's like, it's nice, it's cozy, it's just a nice comfort to have. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is like Zach Wilson's weighted blanket. Yeah. I don't know what it is. We saw a little glimpse of it at, in Hard Knocks where he's giving him advice. And Zach Wilson is taking that and applying it to what he sees. He's telling him to view things in a different way. And if I'm the New York Jets, I'm making sure that Aaron Rodgers is around no matter what so that he can help Zach Wilson, even if that comes with this surrounding noise about him returning at some point this season. I guess when you look at it as the weighted blanket, it makes sense. I just never thought of Aaron Rodgers as the weighted blanket. I've never thought of him as that thing that you need to have by your side or the person you need to have by your side at all times. CeCe and I have talked about how lost we are without our wives around. Like, we're just like, hmm. now what are we supposed to do, right? <laughs> no, seriously. Like, and it, I guess when you relate it to human relationships, I guess Zach Wilson really needs his big brother around. And Aaron Rodgers has become his big brother. And I'll give Aaron Rodgers credit for that. I still think the organization is so dead set on him being the focal point of everything. And if they can win and win big as a result, fine. Rodgers has to love that part of it. I also think, CeCe, like, for you as a player, when you hear him say, it's my mind and I believe in things, like, is that... Is he just losing it with that? Like, can that actually work? Well, I was just thinking about Aaron Rodgers now that he's back with the team, how good that is for him individually, right? Like, just putting him in a space where he doesn't have the opportunity to feel sorry for himself and how things didn't go the way that he wanted after he invested so much in this opportunity. We are talking about a guy that gave back $35 million, Smalls, Mm -hmm. in order for the franchise to be able to absorb the contract and put a team around him that can have success at the highest levels of the sport. When you do that and you burn a year because of an Achilles injury in week one, that's got to sting. So I think this is Aaron Rodgers' way of taking some of the sting of the injury and the lost opportunity off by still being around his guys, still being in the locker room, by being able to help Zach and, and really instill some confidence not only in the young quarterback but in a young core of players that don't know what championship football is all about. So there's still a tremendous value add by having Aaron Rodgers there. It's an extra set of eyes for the coaching staff, a mouthpiece to relay the message that helps this team sustain them, sustain itself through the adversity that they faced in the early going of the season. So I think it's, it's a mutually beneficial thing that Aaron Rodgers is in Florham Park with this team 
And who's to say what this Jets team can be this season? I, I know I left them for dead after the injury in week one. We all but, as, but as this team gets more proof of concept that Zach Wilson can give them competent quarterback play, I think this is a team that could be in the playoff mix when we come to December. They're going to be in the conversation. Their defense is that good. And if Zach continues to ascend and continues to establish that relationship with, with Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall continues to come along, this is a team that can give a lot of teams around the NFL some problems. One more quick wrinkle to this. A couple segments ago, we talked about Roger Goodell being the shield for the NFL. Is Aaron Rodgers that for the Jets to some capacity? Because when he's going on with Pat McAfee and answering these questions, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers. We're not talking about XYZ with Zach Wilson. We're only talking about it as a as a mutually beneficial symbiotic relationship, right? Well, like, I think everybody's recalibrated the expectations of the Jets because it's Zach Wilson. People still look at Zach as a failed first-round draft pick. And so I don't know that there's there's a I don't but I like don't think talking, I don't think Aaron Rodgers himself is the shield. I think Aaron Rodgers' injury is the shield for any criticism that would come to the Jets, the the guys in the locker room, the head coach, or the general manager. Any criticism that we would have directed toward them because they're not living up to the expectations gets masked by the Aaron Rodgers injury. Yeah, by like, him talking, he just shifts the spotlight. Hundred percent. I don't I don't personally like the Cowboys are a national team. The Jets, to me, are not a national team. Aaron Rodgers is a national storyline, right? And he happens to match with the Jets and make them a national team as a result. Here, here's the thing, though. that There's an interesting, sneaky storyline that I'm getting way ahead of myself on this, but is it right ahead? If Zach Wilson continues to improve, did I say rat ahead? Yeah, what, what was that? that? I was like, what was that? What was that? I was like, what was that? I'm fine saying that. If we rat ahead here, um, <laughs> if Zach Wilson continues to improve, they do somehow make the playoffs. They go into the offseason. Then they're going to say, all right, thanks for your time. We're going to stop your g- development and growth here, and we're going to let this guy play. It's an interesting thing that those could are happen. champagne problems. I'm sure the Jets will welcome that. Those 100%. are sh- those are champagne problems. A hundred percent. But it is. Did we ever think that could be the case when he started this season? The way no. he did. Did you ever think that you could be this rich? <laughs> <laughs> when he start when they started this They're season, still this way, we certainly did not think that could happen. Uh, and now I think there's a real possibility that he gets that much better. Coming up, which NFL team has the biggest question mark? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.